Hi, folks. Thanks for joining us at Liberty Grace Online this morning. Um, I want to take you on a bit of a journey. I want us to start something new today. We are going to take the next four Sundays and explore a passage of Scripture. And I want you to, to kind of put yourself in the mindset of a hiker, okay? I've worn my, my outdoor shirt today uh, to encourage you to think that way. I want you to process with me where we have been over about the last year. And I want you to think about what it is mean, what it has meant to you to process all that we've had to go through. I know four weeks may not be enough, but I want us to process it through the lens of Scripture. I want to introduce to you something that that is not a new concept, something that we've talked about before here at Liberty, but I want us to understand it even more deeply and make it part of who we are. I want you to take a trip with me on the way to hope. The idea that, that we are constantly walking somewhere on our way to hope. And we're going to get to see things differently when we get there. And, and you'll understand what I mean in a minute. I want to set the stage first and, and give you a picture of what it might look like um, to do what we're going to do here through the scriptures. I want you to think about what is called a destination hike. If you've never gone on one, then, then let me explain it to you. It's a, it's a hike that has a reward at the end. Whether it be a majestic view like that up in Ogletown, you can, you can go up to Ogletown, take a short hike and find yourself on an observation deck and overlook the entire valley where Pleasantville is below. Or if you're up for something a, a little more, uh, Treacherous even is a word or a little more demanding. Uh, I, I've had the opportunity to hike some in Yosemite National Park and it was seven or eight mile long hike and, and you go five miles up into the mountain and you get to the point where you get to see a waterfall that you really can't see any other way. But your, your desire is to get through the hike to get to the place where you see the reward. And in Romans chapter five, I think in my mind, and we've talked about this before, this has been a passage that has in the last 17 years continued to pummel me with a thought that there is a reason why we go through certain things. And that there is a process by which God leads us through our lives experiences. And so Romans chapter five, to me, is a picture of a destination hike. As we open up Romans five, let me read the first six verses here to you. And maybe you'll get a picture of what I mean. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings 
because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has also been given to us. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. If you follow through this passage the way I'm going to ask you to for the next four weeks, there is the picture of an ascent in my mind. I can't help but visualize it any other way. That as you start down in the valley floor, in the floor, the, the valley of the shadow of death, maybe from Psalm 23, right? You're down in this valley where suffering lives sometimes. And as you persevere through the suffering, you get to a place where you develop your character and you say, I'm not going to quit. I need to get to hope. And you arrive at hope and hope is the place where things open up and you see what God has been doing all along. As you think about what we've been through the last year and we process it this way, we understand mentally we've been justified and we have peace with God and now we've gained access by faith into the grace we now stand, we hope, right? We boast in the hope and the glory of God. We get to do that together, but there will be times when we will suffer. And as we develop this theology, and we talk specifically today about the theology of suffering, what it means, I hope that you see this just as starting point. That maybe what we've been through over the last year, and I don't know where you are on this walk, where you have ascended to. Maybe you're still struggling with suffering. Maybe you are just into perseverance. You've got your head down and you're striving. Maybe you've moved into the character development. You think, man, what, what do I need to do differently now in my world as a result of having been through this? Or maybe you're at a place where, where you're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, or you've begun to see the, the opening in the wood where the waterfall resides, and you're hopeful of what might come next. I'm not sure where you are in this process, but I want us to walk through it together and process it. I want you to know, first of all, too, that it is my belief that this is not something that's going to happen just once in our life. It doesn't say that, that you're going to develop an awareness of suffering once and then an awareness of perseverance and you're going to develop your character and then you're going to have the rest of your life to live in hope. <laughs> it means that as you go through suffering, you can take your hope with you and it will help get you through suffering. It will help you persevere. It will help you to develop your character and then replenish your hope. And, and this life cycle that we go through together will repeat over and over and over. Because life happens, right? Things break. People let us down. 
And we suffer for a while and we need to develop that theology of suffering. And we're going to start there today. And no better, what better place than, than in Isaiah chapter 53, where Jesus is prophesied to be the suffering servant, this, this man that is going to come and suffer. You see, that was the design all along that he would come and that he would give us an example of what Romans chapter five is saying, that he would be the example of how to suffer, persevere, develop character and then bring hope in our world. Isaiah 53 verses one through five. Again, we're going to focus just on suffering today. Not an exciting topic, but but one we've got to deal with. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before them like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. It is through Jesus being acquainted with suffering that we've got to start. It is through Jesus being rejected by mankind a man of suffering, familiar with pain, that we need to identify that he went through and understands our pain, right? We need that in our lives. As part of a theological construct, we have to believe that Jesus knows what we're going through. That this was part of his purpose in life. But we also need to believe that it had a bigger purpose. And as we develop this theology of suffering, we have to understand that, yes, the suffering was necessary to deepen our understanding of hope. The one of the best illustrations I've ever heard of to, to, to give you this point is that when you open a closet door. There is never a fear inside of you that that darkness in the closet is going to come out and overwhelm the room you are in. You know full well that when you open the closet door, light will flood in and overwhelm the darkness. And that's what hope is to suffering. That we have hope in our sufferings to illuminate the suffering that we're going through as we walk on our way back to hope. Yes, there's going to be painful things that happen. Jesus had to be despised by man. He had to become acquainted and and a man of suffering, familiar with pain. He was despised 
but he took up that suffering. He bore our pain. He collected it all to himself. He suffered on the way to the cross. He suffered on the way to hope. As we understand and process some of the things that we've been through over this last year and the depth of suffering that that mankind has had to face the uncertainty of what is to be in the future, we need to understand that Jesus is still collecting that suffering. That he's still gathering it to himself and he's going to carry it on the way to hope for all of us. That he's already done that. Jesus would suffer yet, but yes, but his wounds would heal us. That's the hope, right? And as we walk through the next four weeks, I hope we can get there as we as we ascend this this steep climb sometimes out of suffering. I want you to 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 push out on what you know to be true about suffering as well. Jesus is going to suffer at the hands of people that uh, that he came to save those people that that considered him afflicted and pierced him and crushed him were the very ones that he came to deliver. He would suffer and he would be persecuted. And I want to make sure that we are clear in the difference here. That there are things in our world that are sufferings and there are things that are persecutions. And I want us to to kind of keep the two separated a bit in our mind. Suffering is a result of sin and death in our world. It's it's the breakdown of the, the creation that God intended because of sin. Because of allowing ourselves to be selfish and allowing sin to creep into our world, sometimes we suffer as a result of those things. And those are times to remind ourselves that we need to persevere through them and develop our character and think, I don't want to go back there and I want to find myself in hope again. There's sickness, there's anger, there's unforgiveness in that camp, right? Suffering, there's things that that are out of our control, specifically the sickness that we have faced over the last year. And then there is persecution as well. Persecution is at the hands of others who don't think the way we do. They don't understand. They don't have the same belief system. They don't culturally fit into what we believe. And we need to keep those separated because What has happened in our world a lot this past year has been suffering. Whether you are a believer, whether you go to a church that preaches Jesus, you still have suffered in this year. Whether you own a small business or whatever it is, we've all suffered through what has happened as a result of COVID. There's been grief. There's been plenty to go around. Where it can get ugly as we begin to persecute one another because of our stances on COVID or because of our belief in things that that really shouldn't be dividing us. 
We all need to recognize that we have been suffering together, that that there is a world out there that is hurting and looking for hope as we emerge out of this. And our theology of suffering matters. If we believe that we can glory in our sufferings and as we persevere, it develops our character and then that character leads to hope, then we can give hope to the world just like Jesus did. As he endured the cross, as he took up our sufferings and persevered through them to the cross. He brought us hope, hope that we can then carry back into the next round of suffering, whatever that may look like. And there has been no shortage of suffering in our world. Economic, physical, spiritual, all of us have suffered in those categories. And Jesus would talk to his disciples about a time when suffering would reach the pinnacle for him. He was talking about his death and what would happen as he went through the week of suffering and being beaten and arrested and then ultimately crucified. He was sharing with his disciples what was going to happen at the height of his suffering. And as he shares with them, he gives us this picture from John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verses 32 and 33. Now we could talk about a lot of things to do with suffering, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick this one few verses here to focus on, to, to release you into this process as we walk through this hike together. John 16, 32 and 33. A time is coming and in fact has come when we will be, when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me alone, yet I am not alone for my father is with me. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart I have overcome the world. To understand the theology of suffering, we must look at how Jesus talked to his disciples. At the time when his suffering would become the most painful and clear, he tells them they are going to abandon him as well. I find it pretty ironic that that as we sit in our living rooms here watching church online, as a result of suffering in our world, we read these words, that at a time is coming, in fact has come, and you will be scattered each to your own home. Jesus told the disciples this in John 16, that they were going to be scattered, that they would leave him alone. And he wanted them to be comforted in the fact that even though suffering scared them to death and they scattered and went to their homes to hide, he was not alone. He was helping them to develop the theology of suffering. That as they go through it, they don't have to be alone. Their first impulse was to go and to protect themselves, to scatter and hide and to wonder what happened and how did we get here? 
all of the same questions that we've asked ourselves for the last year. His answer was, you may have scattered, but I am not alone, he said. My father is with me. This is a pretty powerful thing to watch a man who's been suffering for the cause of humanity, to watch Jesus go through what we know as we read the other gospel accounts for him to be spit on and beaten and hung on a cross and yet to be able to say, I was not alone. Even though all of my friends seemed to abandon me, my father was with me. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. So at the time when Jesus's most intense suffering was happening, they scattered and he reminds them that even though he was abandoned, humanly speaking, he was not alone. His father was with him. And then he introduces to them the treatment the thing that, that really gets you through the pain of suffering, the antidote, as it were. Peace. If there is an antithesis to suffering, Jesus says it's peace. That as you are scattered and the angst fills your heart, what he desires is for you to be at peace. Peace that comes from the real and deep belief that Jesus has overcome all of your circumstances. He did all of what he had done up to that point in his ministry he had healed the sick. He had spoken to the crowds. And now he was going to go to the cross so that we would have peace in the midst of the suffering. That we would have hope that would not disappoint us because he is going to overcome all of our circumstances. That in this world, physically speaking, in this created world in which we live, we're going to have trouble. We're going to have suffering. We're going to have to persevere. We're going to have to develop our character and replenish our hope. But we're going to need to do it knowing that he has already overcome the world, that there is nothing here that can overcome him. Going back to that illustration, there is nothing in the closet that's going to jump out and overwhelm us. But as soon as we open the door to our suffering and allow the light and the peace to shine in, it will overwhelm it and drive us through perseverance to character and back to hope. He tells us that he overcame all of our circumstances. And in so doing, he tells us that he's not going to leave us, that he will be with us just as his father was with him. And his father cares for us 
as well. Deeply, intimately cares about your suffering, cares about the pain and wants to collect it to himself and leave it at the foot of the cross. If you are developing a theology of suffering in your mind, then it must include Jesus taking that suffering upon himself as it was prophesied. And as he takes it on himself, all this trouble then is overwhelmed because he overcame the world. The trouble that's in our world is nothing for him. He's going to walk with us out of the suffering. He's going to accompany us on the way to hope. That's what this passage is all about in Romans. That because we've been justified, because we understand a theology that, that suffering is painful, yes, but that Jesus will take it from us and help us walk through it and develop our character on the way to hope. That we will become better for it. That it will deepen our understanding of the world that we live in the people around us that will give us more of a heart for others that may be suffering without hope. We don't suffer the way that others do because we have hope. It's critical that we in our theology of suffering understand that, that he will walk with us out of the suffering into the perseverance and into the development of our character. And lastly, all of that on the way to hope. As we continue to think about what this destination looks like, I pray that you continue to follow along these next four weeks. That yes, we've been in a place of suffering and it's been difficult to get our minds around. There's been any number of lost things in this world this past year. All of us could make a list of things that we didn't get to do or that we missed as a result of suffering this year. I pray that you develop the theology of suffering that turns that into hope. That as we walk through this together, as one part of the body suffers, we all suffer with it, that we don't have to do it alone. That Jesus is there for you. Empty your heart to him. That, that the body of Christ would continue to come back and meet with each other so that we can bear these things together and we can celebrate together that Christ has overcome the world. No matter where we are in the lowest suffering of our lives, we know that there's always room to ascend, that God has made a way and he will walk with us. And as that passage tells us in Romans chapter five. Hope does not put us to shame. If you have another version, it would say hope does not 
disappoint us. As you develop your theology of suffering, don't leave out perseverance, character, and hope. I hope that, that you put all of them together in developing this this theory and this thought. I, I know it's nothing new maybe for you. Maybe you've studied this before. Maybe you've heard it from me before. But I pray that you would journey this with us and that you would include Jesus in the process, that you would understand that hope does not disappoint you. Yes, your circumstances may, you may suffer, but you will develop a perseverance. You will develop character. And as your character changes, then hope will not disappoint you. The peace that comes from a real and deep belief that Jesus has overcome all of our circumstances, that we can take the suffering that we have been through together collectively and allow Jesus to bear it as he was intended to do. And we don't have to do it alone anymore. I pray that that encourages your heart, that this is just a jumping off point to see what, what it looks like to persevere and to grow in your character and to land on a firm foundation of hope in your world. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for encouraging our hearts. Father, thank you for caring so deeply about us that you sent Jesus to be an example of what it would be like to go through suffering, but yet to see through the suffering, to know that perseverance is worth it, that character is a good thing, and that hope will never disappoint us. Lord, I pray that you use this in our lives, that we are able to look back at this point in our life and know that it was a critical time for us to develop a theology of suffering that includes hope, that we don't just wallow in it, but that it, that it changes the way we view going through the hard times together, that it would unite us in a way that, that, that we have no idea how it will affect the world we live in. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to do that. I pray that, that we would, by our hope in you, walk through the suffering in our lives as an example to those around us. Father, thank you for giving us the hope of the world, Jesus. And in his name we pray. Amen.